Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Family Health Podcast, a podcast for families and leaders that want to strengthen families. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, an author, university professor, licensed professional counselor, a life coach, and researcher, and speaker on topics such as trauma, abuse, sexual ethics, and gender, and sexuality issues today. I will be your host. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on four areas. See these as a quadrant, your health, your purpose, your relationships, and your work. Each week, we'll be diving into one of these four areas with the goal of challenging you and encouraging you in building strong families. We're sponsored by the Family Launch Academy, a community of families, parents, and leaders that want to see their children launched well into adulthood, prepared for what's to come. Find out more about the community, resources, courses, trainings, and Q&As with me, Dr. Gilbert, and the Family Launch Academy by joining our free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Family Launch Academy. Now let's get into this week's episode. Have you thought through your beliefs or theology of marriage? In this episode, we're going to actually spend some time looking at the relationships part. Health's important, your purpose is important, your work is imperative, but part of the relationships part, the piece, is your marriage. Do you know what you believe so that you're teaching intentionally your children? What about sex and marriage? Have you thought through this? How is this topic dealt with in your church, your community, your school growing up? What about in your home? How did your parents deal with it? Because we tend to kind of think of it that way. The reality is that there are many influences that impact the development of your ethic on marriage and sex and marriage. Some of the influences that tend to have the most impact are our personal experience, whether it's good or bad, our family history, so mom and dad and their choices and whether they stayed together or divorced, and um, the historical view, cultural, traditional The honest truth is the lack of conversation. So for many of us as adults, our um, shaping of marriage was from the lack of conversation, the problem of silence. And then another one is the biblical precedent um, and or interpretation. What does the Bible say? These are critical pieces to a puzzle that many of us are trying to figure out ourselves, and yet we need to be teaching this to our children and talking about this well. So what is marriage? If we're not careful, our personal experience growing up in our homes and the surrounding culture will shape our beliefs about marriage more than the Word of God does. What follows are some key points for you to consider as you solidify your theology of marriage and sex in marriage. One of, the, one of them is that God created marriage. He is the triune God, the God of love. He is three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In these, he is fully differentiated and fully intimate. The love and pleasure of their union spills over into creation in his design for marriage. And think about that. Who he is is so intimately intertwined that he can't be separated, yet he is fully separated. Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. This is following that design that I just described. We are created like him. We are created to reflect his nature through our nature. How do we do this? Leviticus 27 says that we are to set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. What does this look like? We're called to love like him because he first loved us. We're called to forgive like him because we are forgiven. Is it at all surprising that we are also called to be one like him? 
I think that one of the most amazing gifts God has given us is the ability to be one through marriage. God uses two key institutions to change the world. The first, and the one that we're focusing on here, is marriage. But the second is the church. This is a powerful uh, picture and way that God is actually using not only the institution of marriage, but also the church to change the world. How are you using marriage to impact the world for good? How are you actually invested in a community, a church, to do the same? Now, sex and marriage is another really, really important aspect of this. Our sexuality was created to be fully expressed in intimacy with each other in marriage. The design is perfect. We are the ones that mess it all up. Sin destroys and sin corrupts. The reality we now face is that sex is one of the most pervasive problems in marriage. Honestly, it's also a big deal outside of marriage as it has taken root in the lives of those not married, a place it was never meant to reside. If we step further back, we can see the impact of many lives from abuse, pornography, and the objectification of women that affects the whole of society, degrading and impacting marriages as well. Many have bought into the lie of the world and try to achieve what God promised through ungodly means. One of the world's biggest mistruths about sex is that it is all about physical pleasure, and the sexual problems are a failure to give and receive pleasure accurately. This stems from a variety of sources. For many, it is plain ignorance, a lack of education, and how the body is designed to work. For others, it's they're unskilled. They just need practice, but this practice needs to be within marriage with one partner. Another really big one is internal blocks. These can be sexual history, relational anxiety, and upbringing. What message did you learn about sex and sexuality growing up? What message was taught by your church? Have you dealt with the impact of the bad relationship that crossed the lines? Have you processed the hurt and loss from abuse you endured years ago? Most marriages are impacted in some way by these things. God invented our sexuality. It's not a mistake. It is perfect by design. It has a purpose. It also has boundaries. You decide how you will live. If you live for yourself, focused on pleasure, you will be let down in the end. Pleasure is temporary as sex never satisfies our soul. If you choose to live for God, you see that sex within God's boundaries provides protection, pleasure, and a natural means of procreation. I want you to ponder on the order of these three words regarding sex, specifically as you think about sex and marriage. We have the benefit today of amazing leaders that have paved the way for conversations about sexuality in ways previous generations did not. Conversations that are God-honoring, respectful, careful, and not too graphic. Clifford and Joyce Penner and Doug Rosenau, along with many others, have opened the doors to these conversations in the church and in small groups. Many couples that have sex have learned how to make love, and their relationships are thriving. The focus has been on these three P words. As our culture has gotten bolder and louder, those inside the church have begun to listen to ungodly advice And there has been a de-emphasis on two of these and a heightened glorification and focus on the other. In my estimation, the message of today is that sex is all about your pleasure. But is it really? What's missing in this view? Here's some food for thought on each of the P's. Protection. 
Your sex life in marriage has an amazing effect on your body, your health, and your life. How? Regular sexual activity with or without orgasm improves your physical health. Regular orgasms amplify this effect on your body, decreasing the effects of depression, stress, anxiety, heart disease, and other health complications. Your mental health is also seriously improved. Disease is further contained due to a strengthening of your immune system. Sex in marriage is also a protection against temptation outside of your marriage. A regular routine with some spice at times with your husband or wife wards off the pull that pornography and potential affairs can have on you at your weakest moments. Use this well. Use with caution. Use with care. Take care of one another as partners in life together. Pleasure. You are meant to find pleasure in life through the food you eat, the things you set out to accomplish, and your body via sex. Sexual pleasure is a beautiful gift. Use it, enjoy it, give it, receive it, revel in it. Be thankful for God's gift for your spouse. Enjoy. Christians ought to be having the best sex with their marriage partners. Christians should find amazing pleasure in this part of God's design. This is holy. Pleasure is a beautiful gift from heaven. I hope you can find it in your work, in your day-to-day lives, but there's something special about God's design in sex. Again, enjoy. Protection. What if this was God's main idea for sex? Yes, it's about protection. Yes, it's about pleasure, but what if the design served a grander purpose, that of bringing children into this world? A new life must come from the bringing together of the egg and sperm. No other combination can do this. God's design for sex, marriage, and the family depends on this formula. What if this were the highest of the three Ps? Let me take an even bolder stance. What if every time a male and female come together and had intercourse, it was meant to produce a baby? Think about that. Praise God it doesn't every time, but what if this was the intent? If we elevated this P over the other two, Would we have a different society? Would teenagers and young adults today make different decisions with their sexual choices if they knew by choosing intercourse they were saying they are ready for the potential result, a baby, if God chose to allow it? How does this sound? Your theology matters. Your beliefs matter. What you teach your children will impact the choices they make as they mature. Now, many of us have actually been through divorce or we have a blended family. And this is another really big reality. Um, Jeff is a serious 10-year-old that is having trouble in school, feels awkward socially, and is showing signs of a learning disability. He could be diagnosed with ADD, according to most of his teachers. He has a learning plan at school. He is anxious. He has become unusually silent lately. Why? He's not told anyone. He doesn't know how, if he should, or even if anyone would care. His parents just went through a divorce, and he is now back and forth between their homes. His life has been turned upside down. He's still a boy, but he is risking, or is at risk of viewing pornography, acting out sexually, and experimenting. The chances are, due to his parents' own troubles, that they have given little thought to micro-conversations they should be having with Jeff about sex and sexuality. Sean and Carrie are now step-siblings. They didn't even know each other a year ago. Sean is 12 and Carrie is 13. They are now navigating adolescence together. 
They are battling hormones, desires, questions, parents, and step-parents. Their world just got a lot more complicated. Parents, if we're divorced, the micro-conversations I'm suggesting here are even more important. The chances are higher that your children are exposed to an ethic at their other parents' home that is different than yours. This makes it crucial that you address topics and issues earlier than normal and prepare them well. If you're single, it will be important to team up with others that can help support what you're teaching them. This can be done with faith communities and within your family. Do not try and go it alone. If you are in a blended family, the same applies. Be proactive. Be honest about your own story. More on that later. Engage them earlier rather than later. Be sensitive to the fact that you are not your stepchildren's biological parent and your role must be different. That is perfectly okay. Use that to your advantage in how you engage with them and speak to them, raising the expectations through the, your intentional micro-conversations. Remember that the rules of parenting for a single parent, divorced parent, or parent in a blended family must be different than the ways and approaches others might suggest or ex even expect. Parenting is much more complicated. It is more complicated usually because it simply requires a different playbook. Speaking candidly and plainly, you must go there even earlier than you think you should. Prepare them. Engage them. Build their ethos through intentional, careful, short, thought-provoking micro-conversations that deepen their resolve to choose intentionally from a biblical sexual ethic. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and thank you for listening, and I hope this impacts your life, your family, and your family tree. Thanks for tuning in to the Family Health Podcast. I hope these become valuable resources full of encouragement and challenges as you lead your family well and with confidence and definitely not alone. Find out more about marriage and family life coaching and consulting at healinglives.com. I want to help you and your family be successful in marriage, love, life, and family. Thank you to our sponsor, the Family Launch Academy. To get your family moving in the right direction quickly, check out our website, healinglives.com, for available options that will serve your family best, from counseling and coaching to seminars, online courses, and more. It is an honor to serve.